This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Hello and welcome back to the E-Commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters from Acadia. And today I'm joined by a fellow Acadia colleague, Seth Hirsch. Welcome back to the show, Seth. Thanks, Kiri. Glad to be here again. Yeah, so this is part two of a introduction to CDPs or customer data platforms. And in the episode prior to this one, I asked a lot of newbie questions about CDPs because I am a total newbie. And so if you started with that episode because you're also a newbie, then that's going to be helpful. But this episode is really going to be getting into a 201 level kind of discussion around before you buy a customer data platform or invest in one, listen to this based on your many years in the analytics space. So Seth, just to pick up a thread of where we left off in the last episode, your thesis here is with CDPs, obviously very powerful technology, very powerful ways of understanding who your customers are and efficiently getting in front of them, getting back in front of them. And if I can rephrase your thesis is that the magic bullet is not with the CDP software tools themselves. It's with the team using the software. So maybe you could just sort of recontextualize how you came to that conclusion over time. Yeah. And maybe just one thing, it doesn't need to be our team, but we see a lot of clients do a lot of this in-house. But what we've seen is that there's cases where clients, brands need to use multiple tools. There's no one-stop shop. As much as some CDPs have tried to be a little bit of everything, a lot of times we see clients like, I like them for A and B, but not for C. And therefore, clients end up needing to implement something else to connect to their CDP. And whenever there's any kind of I've got to connect this software with that software, there ends up being gaps in between. And that's where the team ends up really becoming an important part of it. And so for where there's going to always be gaps, having a software that does it all is not a promise that's fair to make. And so we've seen lots of success where clients build out their own teams and are able to fill some of those gaps internally. And when they can't, we've been able to be successful at helping them fill all those pieces where I want all the data in from my data warehouse to be in my email marketing platform, or I want to be able to send a Facebook ad to someone who just recently made a purchase for a first product to try to talk to them about the add-on product. So having all of that be in a software is really challenging, but achieving those goals that a CDP promises are definitely doable. Yeah. So best, what you want to do is assemble best of breed components so that you're not sacrificing on any one of those very important capabilities. But that, as far as you have seen, there's really not a one-stop shop there that's worth the salt. And we're starting to have components that want to play nicely together. Where I do part of it and somebody else does other parts and we want to build our software to connect to each other easily without having 
to go and do everything ourselves. That's interesting. Why do you think software companies resisted that for so long and finally seem to be switching gear on that? I think a lot of it has to do with data being in the cloud now. Before, it was all these SaaS systems that needed your data and they stored your data in their system and it was where the data lived. And now that people are able to build software that sits on top of the cloud and it's one source of truth for data, then all of these other systems can start to use that single source of truth and they don't need to have all the same information themselves. And it makes it easier to play nicely with other people that do other things. Hmm. Yeah. So, well, let's get into that cloud piece because that's definitely central to your argument. I've heard you talk a lot about a tool called Snowflake. How has Snowflake in particular and other technology like it changed the game there? Yeah, absolutely. I think Snowflake or Amazon Redshift or BigQuery from Google, these are all cloud data warehousing tools that allow not only our brands, but the software that they use to hit the same data. So if I want to, first of all, have build a data warehouse that brings together all my sources, whether it's my e-commerce site or my POS for my brick and mortar stores or calls from a call center, all of that data can come into one central location. And then the other thing with clouds is the data is easily shareable. With Snowflake in particular, there's a data share component where other vendors or other software companies can view in a very privacy and security safe way. They can view all of your data and have access to looking at the real-time information, not copies of it. That means that if somebody, if your email service provider and your tool that's pushing data to Facebook are both hitting that as their data source, then you don't need to copy all your data to these other tools. You can just use it straight from that one cloud data environment. Gotcha. So if we're talking about a brand that's ready to deploy a CDP or maybe maybe change from that all-in-one solution into a more sort of flexible one like you're talking about, when does it sort of make sense for a company to invest in some kind of solution here, whether that's company revenue, number of stores, number of channels? I imagine that there's a tipping point across a couple of different dimensions where it was it's not really worth the time and expense and headache of implementing a CDP. Like when's the tipping point where it really does start to make sense and it's going to start paying for itself? Yeah, I think that's another valuable thing of this unbundled CDP approach where I choose the components that are important to me right now. Before, if somebody wanted to answer that question, it would have been, do I go after the six-figure investment in a CDP? Or it could be less in some cases, but do I go after this large investment in a CDP and it's one-stop shop, one-size-fits-all? That becomes a more yes-no, black-and-white question. I either can make use of all of that value or I can't. With the new approach, there are parts of it that are valuable to anyone. We work with brands that are under... $10 million a year in revenue that have their data in Snowflake. It's easy enough to implement. Then they may add on different pieces of the other parts of the unbundled CDP as time goes on. So I'd say it's what do you need for where you are right now, as opposed to does this entire solution fit your needs? Right. Because with with 
one of the old solutions, that would be, I don't know, like tens of thousands of dollars to set up and maintain every year. Absolutely. So my next question is around resourcing and how CDPs are set up and maintained. Obviously, as head of analytics at Acadia, your team really works on these implementations and maintenance and the ongoing analytics that really make these programs make sense. But you said, you know, it doesn't have to be your team. Sometimes there's internal teams that are capable of doing this. Could you talk through how companies are resourcing CDP setup and ongoing maintenance and analytics and what the pros and cons of each of those models are? Yeah, absolutely. I think for one, it's a highly in-demand field. There are skill sets that are involved here that are difficult to find right now. Difficult for us, difficult for our clients. And so just knowing that there's a shortage of people that, that can do these things starts to help understand what the options are a little bit better. We do see that brands that don't yet have the need for a full-time resource in this area, they should be thinking about how to have it built for them. Just the people investment alone and getting that right the first time is really challenging. And the cool thing about Snowflake and other platforms like it are that it can be built for you and handed over to you. We worked with a brand who had somebody build them a CDP and they built it in such a way where they could hand the keys back over to the client. And that's what we do with our clients as well, where we can take all the components. Like I mentioned, it might be one tool to bring data in from your third-party systems and one tool to organize it inside in your cloud environment and one data tool to push it out to all the different destinations. Well, these are four or five different pieces that can all be built in your name so that when you're ready and you have the resources to it, you can have the whole data warehouse ready for your team to implement. And so we see a lot that's really hard to do in an on-premise environment, like when it before the cloud, it would have had to be built in your IT system and just so many more steps that made that difficult. But in Snowflake, because there are all these cloud solutions, they can be built without your team needing to built for you without your team needing to do much on the front end. Then we have clients that are much more, that do have the resources in-house. And then I think it becomes a question of what is my team prepared to do versus what might I need some help with? So we've got this diagram of, there's about 10 different steps of the building of the CDP process that we've outlined. And we have clients who think they can do six of them and they need help with four. And the cool thing about the cloud and data shares is that somebody else can do those things for you. And then you still own the pieces that you're capable of. And then when you're ready to take on the rest, you can build those in-house as well. So it can be very much a, I do steps one through three and you do step two and how you can go back and forth to build the pieces that you need to create the CDP. Okay. Could you give me a, just to bring that to life a little bit, a recent example of how you worked with a client, whether that was with that shared resourcing where they're handling six of the 10 items or it's then in source. Could you give us an example? Yeah, we work with a large specialty retailer. They had a fairly robust data team in-house and they were able to ingest all the data from all of their systems, whether that be their website or their brick and mortar stores 
all of that already lived in Snowflake and was coming in on a daily basis. So the data ingestion piece of it was done. Where they started to have some trouble is the creation of a single view of their customers. So again, they've got transactions coming in from the website and then transactions coming in from stores. And those weren't tied together in any way before we helped them do that. So if I made a transaction to both places, but gave slightly different personally identifiable information, there was an effort that needed to go be done to bring that together into one single view of my transactional and behavioral record. And so now what they have is our team did the piece that is to take all of the the customer data and create a single view of their customer record. And then we expose that back to them where they can handle all of the connection to their other tools and all the other pieces of a CDP. So they did the first few steps, we did the middle steps, and then they do the ending steps in that particular case. And then at some point, the plan is that they will have the capability to do the part that we're doing. And in time, they'll take over that piece when they're ready to. Right. I want to get to that resourcing piece, but I just want to understand for my benefit. So you're handling the middle piece and then expose that customer record, that holistic view of the customer back to this retailer. And then what are some of the things that they're doing with that at that point? They use an email marketing tool and that tool uses the data that we've shared back with them to create email strategies. So if they want to, for example, in another piece in that middle part that I maybe skipped over a little bit is all the analytics work that our team is able to do once that single view of the customer is created. So in a CDP, we now have data about the demographics of a customer and their transactional behavior. And one example is we built a model on top of the CDP that predicts whether somebody is going to come back and make another purchase or not. And so now when they're taking this data in the CDP, they can choose to send emails to someone, whether they think that person's going to shop again or not. So how much do I invest in getting you to come back if it doesn't look like you're going to come back? So those are the kinds of things where once you have data in a CDP and you've enhanced it and you understand customer behavior better, then we can action on it. It could be in Facebook. Maybe we push that data. We only invest in people that we have the opportunity to convert, whereas we leave those that aren't likely to convert out and we don't send them to Facebook, for example. Yep. That makes sense. So one thread that's come up a few times is the ideal of a company ultimately becoming self-sufficient with this capability. And that's really something that a lot of companies aspire to is, you know, have as much in-house as possible, I guess, with the economic environment that may go out of favor for a little while. (laughs) But I like your position here of if a company ultimately wants to do this themselves, let's teach them how to fish set up the technology for them, get them started. And then if they ultimately want to insource that with an internal team, then that's fine. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about labor and the specialization required for people to perform this kind of work since you've spent so much time hiring and managing analytics professionals. For those companies who are looking to do that, what mistakes do you see happening most frequently? Yeah, I think... 
when you're hiring, you're first forced generally to hire one person and you hire one person who tends to be a jack of all trades. Like they can do a little bit of all of these things. The challenge with that is that there's so much specialization in each of the components of this. And where you end up is where I've seen a challenge in the past is somebody hires one person, that one person does the best that they can possibly do. And then if unfortunately that person ends up leaving, you start back from scratch. I've seen cases where clients go through two or three rounds of back to scratch, back to square one. And that's a challenge that a lot of people have come across. And the alternative to that is start to figure out how do I, when do I need an entire specialization? And just within our analytics team alone, we probably have five different specializations that our team members have. Some are really great at the cloud environment and bringing data in. Some are really great at using the data to build models and predict future outcomes. Some can really understand what the business problem is and try to connect that business problem to the data in an inventive way. And so having people who know different pieces of it and can work together ends up giving a better solution, but then it also gets to a point where you're not left without someone who understands different pieces of the work. It's more specialized in that way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. This first instinct being to hire a jack of all trades, but ultimately that's not going to get you as far as you need to go. Anything else that you'd add, Seth, on the topic of CDPs? I know you speak with probably multiple companies every week about what their needs are and what solutions might be. So any parting words here? Yeah, I think the main thing that comes to mind for me is to start with business questions and business challenges. I think too often people start with the shiny object of technology without really understanding how they're going to use it. If you wanted to buy a vehicle to help you, or you just know you need to buy a vehicle, you might buy a car when ultimately a tractor might be the better solution. And so like really trying to figure out what the challenges that you're trying to solve in your business, what problems exist and what systems do they exist in and what would you do if you had an alternative? I think starting with those questions, it's much easier to build a lens of how technology can help solve those. But too often we see people saying, I need a CDP or I need another software that does certain parts of it. And then they end up not really knowing how to use it. And so really starting with the problems that you face and then the rest can fall into place from there. That is a great one. I love that. What have you changed your mind about recently? So I guess over the last three years, it's really been this move from e-commerce skipping five to 10 years of advancement. Now seeing some cases where people are spending money in other ways, it's really trying to figure out what the new normal is going to be. And it seems like it's a challenging time for direct to consumer. So I think Maybe what I've changed my mind about recently is there's no one solution that an e-commerce brand can fit in. They've got to figure out all the different components, all the channels, whereas direct-to-consumer was king for a couple of years. Having a lens to all the different ways that a brand can sell their goods is more important than ever right now. 
Yeah, that's a great one. And it does make what you do even more important because there's no single channel to rule them all. <laughs> People Absolutely. are still shopping in lots of different ways, lots of different preferences. Well, Seth, thank you for joining me. This was a great two-parter where we got into CDPs, what that evolution has looked like. Definitely a very instructive voice on this topic. Thank you for coming on the show. And for all the listeners out there, thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you next week.